Hunter S. Thompson. In the hotel. How did he flood that room? <laughs> when, was the last, when was the last time you did shrooms? Uh, oh, shit. Uh, about three years ago, I was moving. I, when it, when the house was empty and the, the former queen had moved out and I was manning the house before we sold it, I was all by myself, you know. And I was still drinking, so I mean, I, you know, I, I didn't drink like really crazy, but I was like, fuck, I got some shrooms. I got my hands on some shrooms. So I took like two caps and a stem and and then realized I was like, ooh, probably not a good idea. Wait. Yeah, I, that, right, not a good idea. I was like, shit. So I went outside. It was dark. I mean, it was, it was probably like 1030 at night by the time I started rolling. And the trees were going. My stomach started to get, I don't know, y'all in shrooms, you know, no, your stomach gets going once you start rolling. Right. And I started thinking, shit, is this going to keep going? Like, I didn't know if it was going to get any more intense. And if it was, I was like, I could be very screwed right now because I was all by myself tripping. And <laughs> the trees were tripping. What were like, they doing? They were just way. They, they were like pulsating, but they were like breathing. And there were different sections of the trees that were like breathing. What do you mean by that? Well, if you okay, I knew that there were branches that had leaves on them. And they came out, and there, and you can see the different layers of the tree. But on the outside, it looks just like different forms of the tree. But it looked like two-dimensional, not three-dimensional. So there was a, it was like a casing. The outside was a casing for the tree. It's like a casing, like a thing. And then each one of those sections that was different, that was different, was pulsing in different manners. It was kind of breathing. The whole tree was multi-breathing in different forms. It was, it was a good trip. <laughs> it was good. So man. you were just walking around the neighborhood? No, I didn't walk around the neighborhood. I, I realized that would not be a good idea. So what did you I do? stayed on my porch. <laughs> I stayed just, on my porch and just tripped. How long? It was about it was about a two hour trip, and like I said, there was a two moment. Two hours? Yeah, Just there was. It, it wasn't that much. I, 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 hanging on for dear life. I, there was a moment I thought I, that it probably wouldn't be a good idea. <laughs> I was like, shit, this might not have been a good idea. How come it's always after we take it, not before, but after you after we take it, then we go. You know what? I might have just fucked myself. <laughs> How come you don't do it before? Like, you know what? This is gonna fuck me. <laughs> I'm not going to take it. I've done this a million times. There was one time I was at a small little get together over on the west side. And uh, I was, this was back in my drinking days, right? <laughs> and I was drinking. And a guy showed up, and in his breast pocket, he had a handful of pills, big, thick ones that he caught. Breast pocket. Yeah, he had him in his front. Anybody sh- with a breast pocket, just you should, probably shouldn't take that. Well, pill. pills in a breast. Pocket. I was already <laughs> half lit, and he pulls out giant pill, and he goes, "Hey, man, you want any Xanax?" Oh shit! And I go, "Yes." Oh, you took a Xanax? I go, "Yes, I do." Ah, and I took it. And right after I took it, I go, "I've been drinking, and yeah. I've got to drive from here all the way to Los Feliz." And I was, tr- I was like, Did I- you comprehend what a Xanax would do to you at that moment? Not before I took it. After it, I go, oh. And then all of those drug films that they show you in school came back and was like, Never Al- mix drugs. Yeah, alcohol magnifies the effect. Act, act, act. <laughs> all right? So my heart's like, I'm like sweating. But I was like, maintain, maintain. Everyone in the party was acting normal. And the guy who gave me the drugs was like a cool guy with that surfer that banged a lot of chicks and like i had just been in in his cool vibe because he offered me a drug you got swept into his like cyclone of coolness (laughs) yeah and i couldn't just start crying right then and there and turn into a bitch fool so i had to be like bad bad so inside i was like tripping but on the outside i was like stay calm okay rank serial number and I waited and I started calculating. I'm like, when is this pill fully going to hit? And how much time do I have to get back to my place? So I let, it seemed like hours, but it's probably more like seven and a half minutes. I go, you know what? I got to go. <laughs> got to go. 
Shumahan out. So you're rolling hard, and then you decide to get in the car. No, no, no. I'm not rolling hard yet. It's just starting to percolate. Oh, fuck. Right, and your decision to get the car is like, yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. Because I might pass out in the middle of the party and piss my and shit my pants or something. But I don't know you what done that before? Yeah, but I just didn't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I a younger person that. here is laughing at this. I'm like, listen, this is serious business. Yeah. So I get in the car. Don't do I'm, drugs. No, do them, but just you know, do them in a safe place. Do or, them with friends. Don't do them when your entire family has packed the house and left and you're alone by yourself in this echoey house and then go, you know, I should probably do some shrooms. Good morning and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky Luciano. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you tuned into the greatest show on earth. It's the Hard Luck Show coming at you from the Pico Youth Center in the city of Santa Monica. Sitting across from me is my co-host, the Mad Indian. Chumahan, though an American Indian, Southern Californian, elegant barbarian, and Mr. Roboto coming to you once again. Yes. Come on. Sticks, young lady. That's sticks, young lady. That's an old band that you will never know anything about until now. That's sticks. At audio. Is sounding good. It's brought to you by no other than Old Blue Eyes himself. That's right, baby. What's Sean Lewis? Super Tramp. Yeah. yeah. Damn straight. Sean Lewis certified audio professional. Oh, no. bloody well right. Engineer for the hard luck show, baby. Nothing but a dream. Can you put your hands in your head? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, listen. We got Big Pick Mike in the house. Big Pick Mike, can we get a, can we get a little check, buddy? Scat man. Come on. I'm crazy. What's going on, y'all? Just want to make mad love to a Hard Luck Show for supporting all the time. Esteban, Big Lucky, got everybody in the building. Chumahan, yeah. old Blue Eyes, yeah. you know how we do. Yeah. And welcome, everybody. Yeah. Give all us right. a skibbity boo boo Get up, up, up. <laughs> right on. There we go. That was an old man skinny box. We, uh, real quick, King Salmon is in the house. He's sitting in on some shows today. Yeah, King Salmon is in the house. How you guys doing today? Love the Hard Luck Show. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, that was a very interesting. Yes. Now, Chumahan, go ahead. Yes. Oh, Take I, it away. I've got it. Oh, oh, Listen, hey. ladies and gentlemen, Ooh. open up the golden door. Who walks in? Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. Come on. The master of ceremonies. Yes. The kingmaker. Yes. The genius. Manager extraordinaire. Extraordinaire. Magnifico. Yes. SoCal Wiz, Mr. Jeffrey. Yeah. Come on. Thank you. Yeah. Back at it again. And yeah. Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey, who's uh, the manager, uh, uh, the chemist, um, and manager of Mr. D is in today. And he's also brought his gorgeous daughter. Yes. One, Mia. One second. Mia. Mia. Who? This is her walk-on song, she said. Mia. Yeah. Mia. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Hi. I'm so glad you brought your daughter with yeah. you, brother. This, is a good, this fucking guy is a solid dad, man. Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. We got family up in here today, yeah, don't we? La familia. La familia. La familia. Um, Mike don't have no kids. No, his, his pictures are his kids. Yeah, his pictures are his kids. <laughs> so, we got a lot of dads in the house. 
It's just a room full of dads. You over know, here. on the last show, I was going to yes, say sir. that part of what hard luck is is um, is fatherhood. Fatherhood, absolutely. Brother. Right? Come on, dude. This is a fucking father. It's a, huge, it's a huge part of the show. Fatherhood podcast. Yeah. All this shit that kids that don't have fathers, they need to hear this shit. You know what? And jumping into that, jumping into that, Jeff, and and we started talking on the couch when Jeff came in. Yeah. And we started talking about something we were talking about on another show, and that was this world and a lot of fathers moving on or leaving other kids behind or really not not there taking care of the responsibilities of of the kids they made and where that's kind of leaving this society and right the, our, the family unit right and, and i was commending jeff um and jeff was telling me you know i'll let him tell it. he was telling me how he grew up you know right you know what i'm saying jeff all right so i'll tell you a little bit about how i grew up without a father um pretty much since my dad stopped being around by the age of five, he did his own little thing. He was a hustler. I mean, he was off here and there, right, making his money. He wasn't really around. Um, so I guess until the age of maybe 14, 15, uh, my stepfather came into the picture. And then he really took over that father figure for me. And then I guess substituted that, that thing that I needed, right? Because I really needed a father figure. And I think it's really important these kids have a father figure nowadays because they don't have it. And mm-hmm. it's, I think it's a failure in society. Like, it's bad, man. It's important for us to have our kids. No. Yeah. It's important. Where do I have to be there for our kids? You know what I mean? It's- and that's a, dude, that's, a, that's a, a position to come in. A guy that comes in right. and plays the father role to kids right. that aren't his own. Right. You know, and I have a close friend, Estevan Oriol, man. He, he took on a lot of kids that weren't his, you know, and, and played that position. And uh, I give a shout out to to your stepfather stepping up and and into that role, man. Yeah, he did an amazing job, Mr. Mamerto Lises Torres. Shout out to him. Shout out is yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, man. Shout out to that man, and he's an amazing grandfather too to her. Like straight up, like if it's his own blood, he, like he takes he takes what, care of my daughter. Mia, what makes an amazing grandfather? What makes a grandfather el patron? What makes a great man? What is what what makes him a great grandfather? I think him just being there, and you know, talking to me, and telling me what's right from wrong. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah, the same thing he did for me, like telling me what's right from wrong. He never like raised his hand on me. Never. Never, dude. He and never. Did, never. And I did a lot of shit. My house got raided a bunch of times. Dude. Like, my house got raided. Like, I mean, wow. fucking shit got tossed up. His car got looked into. I mean, I'm sure that was illegal. Mm-hmm. But his car got looked into and all types of shit. You know what I mean? Like, going to his job and looking at him. Like, what? How would he How would he discipline you then? If he's not raising his hand, what does he got to do? He sat me down and talked to me and be like, hey, look what you're doing to your mom. He's like, not even me. He's like, look what you're doing to your mom. Like, the you know, old guilt like, trip. That's yeah, the worst. That yeah. might be worse than the hand. It is because my mom worked hard. I mean, she worked like seven days a week pretty much. How old would you be where he would set you down and be like, and how long were those conversations and how much did you dread? Like, you're like, oh. I think it started like around 17. Oh. Because it was like two years into like me really being like an active gang member. It was like two years into it. And then I remember I got violated. It was my last violation as a juvenile because I didn't, I didn't report to my probation officer. Yeah. So they wanted, they wanted to send me upstate to Chino. Oh. So he literally told me, hey, dude, like, you need to get your shit straight, man. Like, you're fucking up. I understand that you're a kid and you're having fun. Right, but like the cops coming to the house and doing all the extracurricular activity is not healthy. Like you're not you're not going down the right path. You know what I mean? It's like it's not like the I don't know. It's not like recruiters are coming looking for you to go to college. (laughs) It's fucking police officers that are coming to recruit you to take you to fucking jail. Right, right, right. And and he knew that I wasn't going down the right path, but I think he knew by just talking to me instead of beating the shit out of me that I was gonna get it because I was a smart kid. Did you get it? I got it. Yeah, I got it. Once I had her, I got it. Well, how did that change? So having your daughter, how did that make you get it? Because my father wasn't around. And then I didn't want to do that to her. I didn't want to deprive her from having a father. Like, yeah. I just didn't want to deprive her from that life. Like, having a father or somebody to depend on, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't want to do that shit. I looked at when she came out of that womb, like... She came out on 420, which is the weirdest shit ever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. We got the greatest date the, birthday. The, the cookies emissary yeah. right yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. Esteban so, Oreo's fucking Cypress Hill weed documentary yeah. coming out on 420. Yeah, so literally, I remember, I'll tell you a story about that one right now. So literally, I remember going to my homie's grave that morning because um, her, her mom was giving labor. So I got a chance. The cemetery's right across the street from the hospital. 
So uh, that's recording. convenient. Yeah, so you're going to hear a story right now about how you came out. So You're going to hear, li- Mia, listen to this. <laughs> right, listen to you this listen one. to this. This is so, about you. So literally gave me like a two-hour break, went home, took a shower, drove back to the cemetery to go see my homie, you know what I mean, telling me, you know what, like, I wish you were here to see this moment. And I smoked a fat-ass fucking blunt, like, fat-ass fucking blunt. Mm. And then drove across to the hospital. As I'm walking in to the, like, the, where the labor room and everything is in, they're like, your, your wife is giving birth. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm fucking Chinese eye, like a motherfucker, right? And I'm right. walking in there. I'm literally, they, they strap me up, they threw me up and all that shit. And then here comes Mia. And I'm like, fucking lit. Mm-hmm. And at that, but at that moment, as I'm fucking high as fuck, something hit me. And what hit me is a realization that I have a child now. Man. And then I have mm. to get my shit straight because during that point, I was, I started going to school. So I was, I was in a, I was, I guess, in the middle between gang banging and trying to get my life straight, right? Because I knew she was coming. So it was, it was that enlightenment of telling me, you know what, this is, you got to do this shit. You got to get your shit straight. You have a child now. You, she's going to depend on you, especially a girl. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially, especially. Yeah, especially. Yeah, especially a girl. Yeah, because my dad wasn't around for my sister, and then I think things would have been different for my sister if he would have been around. Man, what do you think a father adds to a little girl's like experience or whatever? What do you think a father's giving? She walks with her head up, like head up high, dude. Like I know what I used to walk with her was like holding her little finger, like she was, you know, that little <sighs> skip over dad. Oh, he knows. Like it's dope. And then now you, and then I mean, I don't see it anymore. I miss grabbing the little finger. <laughs> I miss that shit. You know what I mean? I miss it a lot. Right. And then it's. I think she could walk with her chin up, dude. Like, I have a father that takes care of me. Whatever I want and need, I get. Or she doesn't get whatever she wants, but you know what I mean? Like, no, right. Like, she gets it, dude. Mia, what do you experience, you know, being a little girl and, and whatever and having your dad there and knowing who he is and knowing that he cares about you and, you know, he's a, a human like the rest of us, but how does it feel for you? I think it was very important to have my dad around. Like, growing up, um, I wasn't always with my dad, but I always saw him. He always came around to come see me. Um, even though it would only be for, like, three hours. It was It's not his fault. You know, it's court and all that. But I had a lot of fun with my dad. He made, a, he made the effort and showed yeah, up. Yeah, he did. He really did. Right. Do you have friends that uh, their dads aren't there? Uh, no. Wow! Oh, wow! That's that that says something, right, Jeff? That's, yeah, that's dope. That wow. is dope. That's amazing. It's good to hear. That it's is good to hear. To yeah, hear. it's amazing to hear. Like that's that's what you want to hear. You know what, Jeff? So, in not having a father yourself, but then having a stepfather play a role, how does that? Because, brother, you're not only are you fathering your kid, but you have this thing about you where you're. It seems like you are a type of person that try and collects and takes care of a collective of people. You know, me and Sean were talking about how, like, you're a real personable guy, right? We were talking about that earlier today. Like, very personable. You you just have something about you. You have a caring quality, and you look out for other people. And you, it, it seems like you constantly are uh, reaching out to try and take care of the people around you and almost secure and build a community around you. Where does that come from? Um, I think that comes from a... I, I was raised around this family, this Jewish family, um, the Sidoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, they're philanthropists. Mm-hmm. And then I learned a lot from them. Uh, my mom's a housekeeper for them for the past, I want to say, 39 years. She's been a housekeeper for them. So growing up during the summers, my mom would take me up there, and then I would hang out with them. And then what they would do with me, every morning I would wake up, they would force me, not force me, but it was kind of like, it was kind of like a deal. You read the newspaper, and then we'll take you out to like Melrose, we'll take you out to these fancy ass places, right? So I guess they show me, and they'll show me the stuff that they would do, like go to Africa and feed children, or go to different places, Israel, and Gaza, right? Build the, the things in Gaza and all that type of stuff. And then they'll do fundraisers. So I got to see that part at an early age. And I, I, and I think that set a tone for me saying that you should be able to be, take care of other people. But and I love that. But I love that. what was it about reading the newspapers? What was that? Um, I had a speech problem. 
speech impediment. I, I, I stutter a lot. And then it, they were trying to get me to speak, I guess, read out loud, and it will help me speak better. What did you gain from that? that I mean, obviously, oh, I gained fits, a lot from that. Right, shit. obviously, reading gained, the newspaper every day. Right, no, 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 no. Think about that. Oh, that's. I know people that read the newspaper yeah. every day and w- what their lives look like. Yeah, and not even that. The worst thing is like it's not the worst thing, but the best thing after that, after I got done with the newspaper, like maybe like two o'clock, my mom will make me read a fucking book, and everything that I read off a book, I had to write it down. So it was like, I forgot what she called it, but it was like. An essay, yeah, dictate. like an essay, yeah. yeah dictate. But dictate, yeah, dictate whatever I read. I had to dictate it on a piece every day. I had to do this shit. God damn! In the summer, this was my summer. Every day in my summer. How often do you tell Mia about oh, this? She doesn't know this shit. She doesn't know uh, this shit. You bro, listen, bro. young lady. This is You're starting. Listen. This is starting to answer all the questions yeah. of why he is how he is. I love this. She's like, Dad. I mean, come on. I mean, it's summer. I don't want to have to blah, blah, And he's like, listen, let me tell you something. My summer was I had to handwrite the dictionary and do an essay. That was my summer. Yeah, the encyclopedia. Like, I'll remember reading, the, I'll read the encyclopedia. Like, remember, they had an encyclopedia. And to me, that shit was like knowledge, dude. Like, in the hood, we didn't, they were missing. Years were missing. And I mean, yeah. Were, yeah, you know what I mean? Shit was missing. And they had like the whole fucking collection there, dude. Right. And to me, I remember one summer, I read the whole fucking collection. Get the fuck out yeah, of here. Yeah, like whatever seven years or eight years that they had there. Yeah. I went through that shit the whole summer. Did you find it, did you try to carry that knowledge back to your, your friends and were they receptive? I No, nah, they weren't receptive to that <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, fuck no, they weren't receptive. You're like, actually, yeah, back I'm, in 1839. Yeah, yeah, nah, but it helped me out when I went back to school. Of course. Yeah, because I... All right, here comes the school part for you. Hey, um, you listening? So in school, it was good because I only like going to school for four periods. It was first, I first through lunch. At lunch, I was out, dog. Like, right. You know yeah. what I mean? You fed me, I was out. Hey, you're a morning guy. Yeah. And then that was it. But it made those first four periods that I had were A's and B's. Kind of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I did good in school for whatever, for four periods I was there. Right. I did good. So it helped me out concentrating on my schoolwork for those four right. periods. Right. Of course. But it was dope, man. I, I gotta thank them for that shit. Yeah, shout out I, to the side offs. I, I think that yeah. that's. Um, I think that's interesting. You know, I mean, did you know that Mia about your dad that he had to write out all this stuff and he read the encyclopedia mm-hmm. and all? Does he ever yeah, like? I knew that. Did, oh, yeah. did he ever bombard you with like facts and history and you're like man okay I, no I don't think he ever did uh, well sometimes actually yeah he t- when the news the news comes on he's like oh yeah this happened and this happened explain it a little bit. Yeah, we watch a lot of like, CNN at the house. Yeah, we mm. do. We um, like the war. We were talking about the war the other day, right? Yeah, the um, Ukraine. And he he had told me about what, cause I was like, what is um, what's that one word? Um, I'm trying to remember. I can't remember. Sorry. It was. It was a law that was like against war. Oh, the um, the Geneva Act. Yeah, we were talking about the Geneva Act, how they signed it, and everything is getting violated on the Geneva Act now. If you look at right. it, right, like just human rights and Interna- all that shit. Yeah, international war crimes. Yeah, war crime, right. There you mm-hmm. go. War Laid crime. out the I was war like, crimes. Yeah. What's war crime? And he told me. Wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, how old are you? I'm 15. Right. So when you're 15, you might not know what war no, crimes right. are. Yeah, I'm not trying to teach you what war crimes are because it's sad what's going on, and it's I gotta. Sure, I got a teacher, dude. Like, I, you know what, man? I, I think that I'm gonna just be honest, too, bro. Like, yeah, you know, as people out there know, man, my mom's Jewish, I'm half Jewish, and uh, and my you know, not that Jewish is a nationality, but I'm an Italian Jew, and I tell people I'm an Italian Jew, right? But Jeffrey at one point in time was wearing a shirt and he has a star of David on, mm-hmm. and I started thinking to myself, well, maybe this guy's you know, maybe maybe his mom was Jewish or his dad, and you know, I didn't know, and and he explained to me that it was given to him by the family that his mom cleaned houses for. And so already, Jeffrey was kind of working his way in. Like, I liked him. But, you know, I'm proud of my Jewish heritage. And really, in one thing that I have witnessed in Judaism and in the Jewish culture is, I'm going to say this, this is the, my perspective, is that I haven't seen a lot of prejudice in that world. I've seen the community reach out to all, to, to every kind of race, nationality, and inclusively include them and try and contribute to people around them, not only their own tribe, but taking into consideration people that aren't Jewish and help them as well. And I think it's a beautiful 
religion and i just i was i just was kind of taken aback that maybe you don't have any jewish blood that you were star david and it just speaks in volume your opinion of jewish of the whole jewish faith in general i mean i think it's a jewish it's a beautiful it's a beautiful faith um like i told you i grew up around it like it was installed in i guess in my in my home because my mom is she believes in passover and i have passover she's there with them mm -hmm. we get invited to it she mm -hmm. gets invited also mm -hmm. her godparents are well her godparents are jewish yeah. right yeah, yeah so i mean it, it's in, it's in our it's in our family it's in and i think it's it's important to have other cultures and other religions and try to learn about them because right. it makes you a better person um so what's been for you the most challenging thing about being there or raising a young woman in today's world Fuck. be honest there's no self-respect i feel like women don't self-respect they don't have no self-respect now it's like i don't know it's tough to there's no good role models out there for them i think that's what it is Mia, what do you, what do, what is your response to that? Go ahead. Oh, uh, he's right. There, you're talking about social media. Then? Yeah, social media. Yeah, I mean. there really isn't. Um, I think it's changed a lot since his times, and I guess my times. Um, right. Yeah, because I mean, you listen to music now, uh, like girls, right? Women, and it's way different from before. How so? It's more about it's more about sex. It's more about money. Mm -hmm. It's more about body. Um, and I guess women have now because of social media, a lot of girls are insecure about their bodies and mm -hmm. about how they look because of social media. Right? Because they look yeah. at these women and they're like, "Oh my God, their body is so different from theirs. Mm -hmm. Right. But the thing is that social media isn't real. Like, right. It really isn't. What's your vision of before? You just said before. Um, I think girls were more. What time frame? Time you said before, so you're let saying her, now like, to before. Yeah, so you're saying what? Let her like answer. Your guys' time. Right, like 1912. <laughs> <laughs> so like, like, like as he, how he grew up, and I grew yeah, up, how exactly. women were then. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um. I think it's changed a lot, though. Like, just what, what, is, what is the most challenging thing for you to having a father? What's, what's, what's the hard part of that? Having a father? Yes. Be honest. Um, I think he's just very, very strict. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's very, very strict. Sure. Um, but I can always have conversations with him. So. Right. And did you feel a lot of pressure? I mean, let's be real. I would imagine that there was just like a mountain of expectation and pressure put on somebody that was born on 420. <laughs> did you feel like you had to somehow, you know, be the next Snoop Dogg? Or like, mm. did you feel no. a lot of weed pressure? <laughs> um, no. A lot of people, they like, oh, you're born on 420. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Do you get tired of it, actually? Do you go like, listen, I know, weed, I get it. Ha, ha, ha. No, I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on. And then are you at our birthday parties? I mean, you know, listen, weed is medicinal. It's legal. You know, not for all ages. But, like, now are the candles joints? Or, like, what do you do? Mm, I haven't thought about that one. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> she's not 21 yet. <laughs> That's a guy sometimes. She's not 21 yet. Got it. Well, she's not 21. Hey, like, lo siento. No, yeah, no, no disrespect, man. <laughs> sorry. She, sorry. I, I didn't know. I thought it's maybe. It's still Cinderella on the fucking cake. <laughs> I didn't know Princess Jasmine had a bomb. I had no idea. I, I think it's, I think it's, 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 it's rough, man. Like, I, I hear. I was... I was thinking about what she was saying about women on social media. And the first two things that I was thinking is that it's become about sex and it's about money. Right. And it's about the physical body. And I'm looking at some of these women that have 5, 10 million followers and everything they're talking about. And it's all about sex. Talking about how they're fucking. Talking about how they're taking the man's money. Mm -hmm. And how you got to get down on your knees. Like, just really... A, to me, really unappropriate shit. Right. Like, I've never, I've never had women 
in my life that spoke or acted like that. Right. Straight trash, man. Right. If you ask me. I think that's the other thing is like you say, I've never had women like that in my yeah. life. Yeah. Like her mom will not act like yeah, that. I think that. that's what that's what I like about her mom, right? Yeah. Like she was really presentable and stuff. Like even now when I look at a woman and then I see a woman that I want to date. Yeah. It's she, I don't. I mean, I don't want no ratchet ass girl. Right. right. I think she's. She really hasn't met. You probably just met one woman that I've dated. Right. And is then, that is that something that you're like? Look, I ain't bringing people around. Yeah. Like yeah. if they're gonna right. finally meet the real woman in my life. Yeah. Right. They're gonna have to be something more than just. Yeah. I'm I mean, really careful about that. About who I bring around her. She's only sure. met one girl that I've dated. Uh huh. That's it. Right. Because I and then I thought I was that was the one. I thought I really I thought I was the one. Because right. my daughter's two and a half. So, as a 15-year-old young lady, what advice would you give a father of a two-and-a-half-year-old girl as she enters into this world? Great question. Um, I think don't be so hard on her. Well, that's out the window. I mean, no, I think because it really, it really makes her... How do I say this? It's like some things I really can't talk to my dad about, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Such as? Such as I don't know. It's just, she doesn't it's know. Just, so dad's right there, mother. <laughs> nice try. No, no. I think because <laughs> yeah, you're talking to her. She's being grilled by better than us. Trust me. <laughs> no, she's like, oh, I can't think of it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I think I'm so strict on her sometimes. It, it kind of stops the conversations that we have, and then it, it puts a hold on her, on her as far as talking to me. Because mm-hmm. I am strict, man. Of course. I'm a fucking dick. Right. Okay. My daughter now doesn't want to tell me any kind of stuff about if she got disrespected or somebody said something like, she told me uh, something happened. Oh. And then she caught wind of him and she's like, all right, dad, see, now I can't tell you when something happens. Right. You're going right. to go and do something. So, dad, what, you know? hap- what happened to so and so? Well, um, he's gone and there's, there's nothing we could do about and that's it. That. And no. that's that. Hey, so now she feels like she can't. So now I have to build her trust up because I right. want her to be able to tell me stuff, you know? Right. But she speaks very freely of a lot of other things. Um, but it's 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 but but but, but they're but, gonna have their privacy. Yeah, that's why. Listen, man. Listen, Chuman. Hold up, Chuman. I know Chuman. Old, old dog's dog. gonna tell young dog. All right, Chuman tell wants me. to say something, brother. You have not yet even come into an idea of somebody <laughs> flirting or looking at your daughter's oh, ass, brother. That bro, ain't even know where no, you're at. Bro, if that's I, what I'm talking about, uh, no. and that's what I'm talking about. I, now you can tell me what you're gonna do. I tell you that change there yet. Listen, 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 listen. Listen. What? You're going to tell me about something that's maybe going to happen? I'm uh, telling listen, you, Listen, oh, dog. I'm not going to necessarily. Listen. Oh, hey, I'm human, too. You're being too strict, Dad. And I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to tell you everything, my father. <laughs> listen. <laughs> Some of them guns are going to come out of the fucking gun safe. That's what I'm saying, listen, bro. Listen, I am not going to. And hopefully you don't pick up a case. Listen, let me tell you something. I'm not saying that I have any clue of that. Believe me, not only do I understand and I respect what you're saying because I think about it sometimes. I'm like, the first time I see a guy look at my daughter, she might even be like 17, but this guy's 30 and he gives some kind of look. Bro. Oh, brother. All right. I'm not saying. I'll land in jail for that for sure. I'll make it real clear on this show right now. I'm (laughs) gladly going away and spending my life in prison. (laughs) I swear to God right now, listen to me. I'm going, I will, I will settle the score and I'll go to prison. Listen, listen, listen. So, so I ain't got no qualms with so that. So I'm not, I'm not trying to pretend like I got that figured out because I don't. Because mm. I think about some of the dumb shit I said in my youth. 
Right? Somebody, right. 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 So to already, somebody's daughter. Right. Now I'm rethinking all that going, what the exactly. fuck's wrong with you, you mama Luke? Right. Now you got a daughter. Welcome to fucking revenge. All right. I get all that. <laughs> I get all that. Well, I'm not fucking but but what I am saying though in terms of just generally children and parents I actually kind of agree with Jeff in the sense that I think the concept that I'm gonna have a child that's gonna and she and I are gonna be at such a level that we're gonna share everything and we're gonna talk about it all I, I do think it's actually important for people to have a private space and yeah it can be a little dangerous because they might be keeping quiet about something that's that, the scary part. Right. But it, I think it's, I think, I actually think my generation got fucked up a little bit because parents were trying to be too, like, involved. I don't think that, that, I would think it's weird if a kid is telling everything to their parent. I yeah. would think it almost feels inappropriate, not yeah, real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do think, so I think, I think that, but I am going to be hard on her. And if she has some things... Where she and if I had a son, I'd be hard on him too. I might even be twice as hard on the son than the daughter, to be honest with you, because I would know what I was able to overcome. And if you're gonna sit here and cry about that, I'm gonna be like, come on, bro, this world's gonna eat you alive. Anyway, <laughs> so 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 I would think that it is good to be hard. Uh, and yes, there's some things that probably shouldn't or won't be talked about. I think every child has some pieces of them. That they're gonna try to figure out on their own. Hey, let me let me say this. You know, it's 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 clear that she has a good mom. No, she has it's, an amazing it's, mom. It's clear. It's clear though, bro. Chumahan, and I have to say this: the if the father's role is extremely important in yeah. a daughter. Okay. Yeah. My daughter's a teacher, man. My daughter really, she is a saint. So right. is a saint. Right. Her mom is a fucking powerhouse of a mother. Right. I mean, my ex-wife is a fucking, and her mother was a really strong woman as well. Right. So my daughter grew up with her mom and grandmother as just these really special women, right. strong women, committed women. And, and my daughter is like that. And Chumon, I think about your daughter, yeah. and I think about your wife oh. and your grandmother. Oh. And what these women have accomplished. Oh. And I feel like you're, that it's so... I feel like you almost can't fuck it up. Well, I'm not okay, gonna okay. well, right, but, but I do. I feel like it's super important for her to be able to like de de decipher like a, a man or what a man is. It's yeah. gonna be through you. Yeah. But her being a woman is gonna be braced off of what her mom and the mother, the, the women that right. are around her. Man. Right. And I think that you that your daughter has great women around her, and I think that that's. That's it's, it's so important, man. And when I look at some of this social media stuff and some of these girls, I wonder how they're so lost, man. And and it comes from many things. Maybe the, maybe their mother had some shit go sideways. Maybe somebody was touching them wrong, or you know, it's so many different things. But it's it's there's these two different types of women, man. Well, 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 that's true. But I think, and well, let's just say for everybody, men and women, right? I think we've got about two lost generations. In the United States, and maybe even the world, actually, we've got two massively lost generations that have been overly programmed to think certain things are normal, and this is how a human evolves, right? Yeah. And as a result, we've got this kind of insulated young people that don't have points of reference to ground them into good decision making or to be at least somewhat skeptical or critical about what's being told to them from an outside source. Mm -hmm. And when you're a human being, you know, at some level, there, there's always a problem. It doesn't matter how pure the intentions are. It doesn't matter. There's always a problem of some information coming from an outside source. Can it be trusted? Can, is this the final answer? Is it accurate? And part of the problem is, is that some of the outside sources intentions might be good, might not be. The bad ones are easy to spot. The good ones, but are somewhat misinformed. Those are the ones that fuck most people up. This is coming from somebody that's got a genuine intention, yet they're an idiot too. So they're presenting that information. And so how are you going to check it? Where's the check? Now, I think when you're growing up and you're confused and you're like, wait a minute. This is coming from uncle. This is coming from pastor. This is coming from teacher. 
teacher. Think about the schools, right? You know, um, some of the schools are set up to present information that is, is somewhat good, but it may be demotivating, mm-hmm. right? Or it's teaching them conformity or setting them up for getting in debt, whatever it is, all right? How does a young person, how does any human take the good and leave the bad? Take the good, leave the bad. As we've talked, and you might even understand this too, Jeff, sometimes a bad parent, right, that's hard on us, beats us, whatever that is, right? Mm-hmm. Something, Something's in there are actually Help good. You. Help you. Yeah. Right. We talked about it this morning. That's right. Yeah. So how does how does a young person, me and I'm wait, asking. Wait, wait, I want to go right back to, but let's be on point like that. Me and Chumahan were putting something together this morning, <laughs> and it was falling <laughs> apart on Chumahan. And he was telling me how his dad used to be like, bring the fucking lug nut. If he brought the wrong thing, he'd get his ass. And I'm going, my dad used to knock on the top of my head <laughs> when I wouldn't get something right. Yeah. Man, until I didn't make no more mistakes. Right. But we're both laughing at it, and it made us. Like really conscious of that shit. Like figure it out, man. Let's go. We got. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, it helped yeah. us. It but at the time, it was going. fucked up. Right. But it helped build you into this type of person where you get shit quicker. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. So 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 all of that, right? Or how to deal with pressure? All that, dude. Listen, I'll tell you something. I'm not advocating this, but I'm saying the fact that my dad will fucking punch me. We he took an entire. Listen, this. My dad said that I should know where our boat is when I was like in third grade. He goes, where's our fucking boat? I go, show me. All right. And he goes, and this is true story, bro. He goes, why are you laughing, Big Pig Mike? I have the same experience. All right. He goes, you should know. Okay. So we're going to get in the car right now. Okay. And we're going to go to every intersection. And you're going to tell me left, right, or straight. And if you say the wrong thing, I'm going to punch you. <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> and you remembered exactly where the boat was. Like. No, actually, I didn't know where it was. You to took be a honest. beating. Oh, bro. We get there, and I'd be like, and he's like this. And he would cock his fist and go, all right, left, right, or straight. And I'd be like, oh, fuck. But I'm not, say, I'm not advocating this, but that did, in, it strengthened me against pressure. Right. Right, it strengthened me to be able to walk up to situations, and I might get my ass handed to me in court. Let's say from what I said, mm-hmm. I might not have all the answers, mm-hmm. but I survived that. So, so I'm gonna fucking step up here, and I'm not gonna allow you know fear, stage fright, right. you know paralysis. All that shit's not gonna affect me because I've already been through the fucking punch direction. Tri- right. Yeah, so I'm gonna do that. But my point is in saying all that is to say that how does a child? How do you teach a child to take the good and leave the bad? Even from a bad source. Even from a situation of lies, right? Like, how does that happen? So, Mia, I turn to you because you're the only one that's actually living this exact experience. We're all over the hill fogies. What would be your answer? How does a young person be able to hear a message and carve out the good and leave the bad? Um, I don't know. I think it's pretty obvious, you know, so if somebody's saying something bad, <clears throat> but it's some good in it, but it's like, you know. So, you so see, people need guidance on how to think. People need it. And, and, and people who are, like, and that's, you know, one of the bre- blessings of having a young a baby in the family is that I can see clearly, like, she just doesn't know a lot of stuff because she's only been here for about two and a half years. So what the fuck does she know, <clears throat> right? It's not a bad thing. It's just she doesn't know. So I think the purpose of two parents is to allow one of them. I don't really know. I'm not God. So, but one of the things that seems to me apparent about two parents is that they both are on some level showing that they give a shit about this child. The child can see, like, even wrongly, like if your dad gets mad at you and throws the lug nut at you or whatever, you, that, even that mad lets you know he gives a shit. Absolutely. So when you have the two that give a shit and they have conflicting information sometimes mm-hmm. or they got a different perspective on things, I think that one of the things that goes on there is that the child is being trained on that... There's more than one perspective. 
and they can compare and cross-examine the information that's being told to them to arrive at something more closer to an accurate truth that makes sense to them. Me, I saw you nodding. Why were you nodding? I think my mom and my dad have two different stories. <laughs> right. So, and you so, get to weigh out both of them, yeah, right? Yeah, so it's just like sometimes I'm like, okay. Because I hear my dad's version. Right. And I hear my mom's up. version. But, I mean, both of their feelings are valid, you know? Right. Right. You can, and you can take which one you want, right? Yeah, I can be like, oh, that doesn't make sense. But this makes sense. See that? See, that's so, it. That, that's that is what, it. That's, that's exactly. What I do, I think. And 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 I'll be very. And I've said this on. I've said this before. Um, and he'll say I it again. And I'll say it again. <laughs> I don't. And it's not me, you guys. It's not me. But for some reason, as I grew up, ninety-five percent of the women in my life were molested by their father, or their uncle. Right. I, I would say I maybe dated one girl. That wasn't. Right. So I don't know what the fuck was going on in this country. Right. In the 60s and 70s and into the 80s. Yeah. But there was a lot of fucked up shit. Now, I came from a dysfunctional family. Yeah. And other dysfunctional kids that were older than us were to watch us. Right. That are part of this dysfunctional family. So shit happened to me. Shit happened to my sister. Right. And all these women that I talked to, they were being left with uncles and aunts and Which, cousins and brothers right. and out of a dysfunctional family, and I'm sorry. And me and Jessica, when we had our kids, bro, we were really, really conscious of a couple things. Right. Our kids were going to go outside. They weren't going to be stuck in front of a fucking computer. Our kids were going to go out and fucking play in the real world. Right. So they weren't addicted to computers. The other thing was, just because you're a relative and you're older and you're conveniently around, you're not babysitting my fucking kids, man. Right. She wasn't left with her brother. She wasn't left with my... It didn't go down like that, bro. Right. We got a babysitter that had a whole background. And that's who watched my kids. You understand what I'm saying? Like, they weren't left with just anybody. Yeah. They're constantly checked upon. Constantly. Is anybody... You know, what's... You know... And... I feel like that's there's just so much damage in that, man. There's there so is, much damage in that. There is. And the other thing that I think about, too, right? So I think about And it. not everybody can afford to do that, bro. Some people are, they don't have the money. Listen, they have to leave the kids with the, you know what I'm saying? that's exactly what the priest is available for. They're like, well, exactly, I'll take little dude. Jimmy camping. Exactly, and man. Like, and it really did that. a fucking number on our society, man. Listen, let me tell you something. And I'm going to say this. Uh, I think, and this, I'm being real, okay? I'm being fucking real. What's one of my massive fears for my daughter, right? She's two and a half. Yeah. Okay. And it's and I've got a situation where I don't even necessarily believe even the women are safe. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, women can be just as fucked up as guys. I'm sorry, but it's true. So then I'm like, so part of me is like, all right, vigilant. And I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And my wife and I do all the stuff about, you know, supporting her, my daughters, when she says no, like she doesn't want that or she doesn't, you know, supporting that no is okay and blah, 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 right? Right. And the importance of consent and also the bullshit early on. Inconsistency. We do all that. But there's also a part of me that knows that no matter what I do, something could happen. Sure. And then I think, what am I going to do to help my daughter navigate should the unthinkable happen because if it does and it can and and it does for other people is it gonna eat up and control their life or is there a way for us to say not minimize it but get past it but get past it yeah and we see that too right i mean we're examples of it bro right you know I, i i say that as far as me and my sister are examples of that in many ways but you know i also don't want to go through this interview and not talk about mr d listen listen this was I just love this, uh, a little listen, parenting yeah, yeah, yeah. Too, parenting master class yeah. right now we switch over to uh, fucking hip-hop genius mr d mr fucking incredible superstar just how to love that guy, that guy dude. has that more- guy is just so fucking talented hey man. jeff so one of the things Man. that, so, you know, Mr. D, right, has a sort of energy and an essence that is evocative of Tupac. Everybody knows it's no yeah, secret. Right. He's not trying to copy, but it's, it's evocative. We understand it, and probably maybe Mr. D is a super fan. of. And, it's and, it's and, probably and, also, uh, it's a big reason that yeah, I he like him. He was raised by Tupac pretty much, I think, on his music. Right. So, so, so Steve tells me, he goes, 
hey, bro, you know, I'm fucking Jeff and I went to Sopes. They were the best. And then we went to this when museum. When we went to Sopes in downtown. Oh, those were amazing. Fuck, those were good, yeah, right? I wasn't going to have one. And then right. And like, here. And they pretty much fucking shoved it down my throat and shit. <laughs> like, here, have this. And it was fucking, they were bomb. I really want to go back. Yeah. There we go. Now, what's it like for you, Jeff, to go to the Tupac exhibit with Big Lux, who sold, you know, talked to dude in the stores, and you know they they had a little bit of interaction and all that, and also Mr. D. I mean, for you personally, like, what was that experience like going there with these guys? Well, just like, just like, it's like different experience. One is like, one is like seeing, one is a big homie experience, like seeing your little homie and then taking him to go see his thing, right? Yeah. And then the other experience is like the mentor seeing him like looking at the shit and trying to tell him, look, this is how motherfucker wrote this. This is kind of how he did it. This is the blueprint of it. Pay attention. So there's a lot of shit going on, right? Mm. Yeah. But it, it's, it's dope because I know what Tupac means to him as far as his music yeah. and the influence that it has for him. Sure. So when I see that, to me, it's like an amazing feeling. It's like it's fucking golden. Yeah. Because I know he's absorbing something out of that. You Hell know, yeah, he is. I was I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this, Jeff. I was like, it's too bad we didn't have some camera crews down there to capture the whole vibe. Well, I was trying. To, I was gonna get tickets for him, but I totally forgot. Like two days later, I was like, "Fuck!" I should. I was gonna take him, but I didn't want. I wanted to get the tickets first, but it was too late. This shit was sold out. Right, but now that I'm thinking about this, and you and I, maybe we should. You know, we're the masterminds. We're the, but we should collaborate and figure out some experiences that are pure West Side, pure Los Angeles, pure hip hop, pure D, pure Big Lux, right? Because I think part of this whole thing is cultural. Big homie, little homie, right? It, it is cultural. Right. So Tribal. Tribal. So we should maybe collaborate on a concept of we do, we capture an event or something that they do. And it doesn't have to be a museum. It could just be them rolling through the, the, the streets and doing their thing and hanging out for a minute or whatever it is. I don't know what it would be necessarily. But something like that to to show the bridge between the two generations and 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 also allow people who are fans of the of this show and fans of Mr. D to see the continuity and experience it along with them viscerally um at, like you know cuz I was thinking about it, I'm like you know how many flies on the wall would have loved to from from beginning to end the sopes the fucking thing there's a lot of people that listen in like Milwaukee Japan you know all over the place that aren't ever going to get to the sope truck and the yeah, fucking no. bu- right and you got to experience the- and it's just normal for guys like us right we just live like that mm-hmm. but it would be great to capture that whole thing and I'm going to tell you another thing my friend as everything moves into the world of meta right there's going to be these you know, digital worlds that are all going to be united in one giant digital experience. And people are going to, Mia, right? Do you know that at some point, these Fortnite, this fucking Roblox, all that shit is all going to eventually become like one digital universe in a sense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's genies and all these other companies that are selling clothes in this digital world and, and people are buying it as crazy as that sounds to us. Cookies has got things set up for whatever, That's right? Art and all that. Yeah. We need to capture all of this while it's still real so that we can inform whatever part of that world we're going to create for ourselves. Mm. Gotcha. You see what I mean? I'm down. And set up these experiences so that it, there may come a time when supporters of the stuff that we like might want to be able to plug into the time that Mr. D and Big Lux drove from blah, 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 blah. I'm down. What do you think I'm about that? We got to put my next fucking trip on hold now that you started talking about that <laughs> one. Because I want to go. I like to do museums. Yeah. To me, yeah. museums are like the best way to kind of gain some knowledge, knowledge right? Culture. Oh, shit. Just sitting there and then you read about it and then you go back home and then you kind of do your research on it and pop how you learn about it. Yeah. So I like, yeah, I'm down with the museums. I think that would be dope. Dude, we will be creating a museum of audio and visual before, and by the way, the idea of museums being in a building that you walk into is going to go the way of the dodo. Yeah. Right? It's going to be museums that you're going to be able to virtually walk through, right? Right. Yeah. And they could be way tighter than, than what we see right now. 
They could be. I'm not saying they're going to be. And you got to remember, Jeff, when the museums first started popping up, I bet you there was a lot of old timers at the time that were like, the fuck is this? You got to go there. Go shake the hand of the man. Don't look at some fucking relic up in there, right? Okay. So the point of the matter is, is I think we should embark on that, man. Make this thing bigger. Create, save, build. We probably don't even fully understand the impact of this conversation we're having for future generations. Yeah, I thought about that one. This is all going to be gone one day. There's going to be a lot of people in the future that are not going to remember that there was this weird time where the pre-digital world was still talking to the digital world post digital world this is a right, transition right, piece right 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 mia might be one of the last of yeah. the mohicans that's mm-hmm. going to be like yeah i went down there and mm-hmm. yeah they were they were recording and stuff but it was hot as fuck in that place <laughs> right and fucking, yeah. and my, for whatever reason i had the weird small mic and i'm like all yeah. that right mm-hmm. so i'm thinking like we should really you know uh Embark on it, 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 it minimum capturing D, capturing Big Lux, capturing their their interactions and and doing all those types of things, and maybe you know invent and and put together, you know, I mean, dude, these idiots, right? Like I go to places and it's like some fucking you know uh, you know llama fucker who I don't know who he is is going to give me a walking tour of Cincinnati. Right, and I I'll, so what do I do? I pay a little money and I listen. And I walk around and I go, oh, it's skyline chili and blah, 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 blah. Oh, Hall of Fame, a hard run. But I don't know who that guy is. I don't care. Imagine if Big Lux and Mr. D could give you the walking tour of L.A. That'll be some shit right there. Yeah, it's How, all, one of the L.A. originals and Mr. D. Imagine if people from Japan, right, who already are kind of choloed out, they love the culture, could come here. And hear Mr. D and and Big Lux walking through Santa Monica and Big Lux pointing to stuff that you might not see in the books. And, you know, Mr. D's responses and reactions to all of that. And imagine how much would be transmitted and then also how much the brands would be solidified. I think, too, I think it's it, it's I think it is Mr. I think it. It's Jeffrey as well. I mean, we're yeah. talking about we're talking about three generations, right? We're talking about these generations, right? You're talking about your generation, tres generaciones. See, si. you know, I was I was in this. I feel like I was in your generation for a long time, mm. and now in my fifties, I'm now over here. Now I'm over here. Right. You're now here. Yeah, and right. then, then we got D down here. So it's it's interesting. I, the whole dynamic is interesting. And I know that there's the lucky D thing. Yep. But I look at it when I hang with these guys as like this three generational thing. Right. The three it's, pillars. That's yeah, what they I kind of look yeah. at it the same way too. When I, I guess when we hang out, it's, it's weird that you say that shit. Because when I look at it, I look at D as a younger me and then I'm in the middle, right? Yeah. And then I look at lucky to where I want to be right. in the future. No, right. Thanks. No, Sergio Pelo, this is from, for me. Thank I, you, brother. I've been wanting to tell you this for a while. Where I want to be as far as a businessman. And involved in the community and shit like that. Right. And then I'm stuck in the fucking middle. Yeah. And I'm like absorbing these two fucking worlds, dude. Right. So like I'm down with what you're saying. I'm just Maybe 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 you represent the person who's Hello. stepping into this. Maybe. See what I mean? Like you might be the perfect vehicle for people outside of the thing to come in to feel yeah. both sides and be a part of and see and and feel this. The other thing that's gonna that that seems to be happening too is that <clears throat> connection is changing. I'm not saying it's gone, because there is still connection. In, and and I'm not even gonna like talk down digital connection. I'm not going to because there's a lot of people I've never met in person and from our podcast that are devoted, fucking devoted, right? Yeah. That cryptic line, dude. I mean, he sends me all kinds of crazy shit, pictures of him, fucking weird goggles and no shirt on. I don't know what's going on over there, but he's like in it to win it. When I went to fucking see Journey or whatever, I fucking put the live on. He watched the whole concert with me, right? That's dope. Right. So I'm saying, I think, you know, and maybe you're the right vehicle to help people enter and access this world in a way that 
they're never going to be able to from everything else. I mean, if anything, big media has shown us they want to make cartoons out of Chicanos. That's what they want to do. Hmm. If you, if you know, they want to see a car bounce. They want to fucking go over here. They want, but that's that's you know that does exist. But that's not the real story, right? Yeah, right. we're more than that. Of yeah. course, yeah. I don't think we're more than that. Right, and how can we? And in 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 the big media, they have no problem explaining how like white people are more than that. You know, they got they don't get caught up in all that other shit, right? They they're like, yeah, we did do some, we did slavery. That's true, but you know, that was a few bad apples. What can we do? But we're also this 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 and this. Everyone else, they reduce down to some component parts. They yep. boil it down. They go, yep. oh, this one right here is um, gold teeth in a diamond and baggy pants says bitches a lot and wants to drink Cavassier or whatever the fuck it is, right? We can and we should and it is our obligation to the future generations of Americans, including the white ones, absolutely join us in opening up the true story. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm down. Jeffrey, uh, could you, that was beautiful, Chumon. That was. I, really I mean, that was yeah, that was really good, brother. I don't even know where that came from. Uh, that came from God. That's right. Second cup of coffee. Um, it came from God and the second cup of coffee. All right. In the second cup of coffee, <laughs> Jeffrey, give us a little. Just give us a. What's what's coming up for D? Um, new visual should be out this month. We already filmed it, doing all the editing, um, working with this this um, artist from Colombia on some different shit, um, different type of music. We we'll see what we could come up with. And more music coming for sure. I mean, we're in the studio almost every every weekend, and once a week during the week. So I mean, we're nice. we music. We're Put building a catalog. We're building a catalog right now. Nice, good. Mia, what's coming up? Where can people send you money? What album are you dropping? <laughs> <laughs> what's going on? Summer, summer's coming. Summer's coming. Up. Summer's coming. All right. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, Mia. So I have a six-year-old uh-huh. boy. What is it? Gorgeous boy. Probably one of the most beautiful. Never cut his hair. One of the most beautiful humans ever created. Absolutely. Go Go ahead, please. What is it about your generation that you see in in the boys, I guess they would be, Mm -hmm. young men in your generation? What is it that they're lacking? What should I be? Respecting women. Respecting women. Yes. Wow. You heard it here first. Okay. I don't think that's going to be a problem for Coit, right? No, I don't think so. Your ma, I mean, your wife, his ma is, is right in there. Right. Right. Yeah. What about his grandma? Is he learning any lumpia things? Like, is he getting some no, of that? No, we're not connected to that side. You're not? So, okay, wait. Uh, I mean, that's a whole whole different <laughs> Come side of the thing. But, yeah, uh, yeah, his grandma is great. And he's got two grandmas. So, yeah. Hey, how's Ritter? He's fantastic. I miss that. When's he coming on the show? I don't know. When's your wife coming on the show? Never. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Hey. Hey. Love that. Yeah. That kid is so beautiful, bro. Thank you. Yeah, of course. He knows it. Unbelievable. Bro. Yeah. All right. Listen, thank you. Thank you. Jeff, Mia, thank you for coming down. Yeah. Right? Man, it was awesome. King Salmon. Yes, sir. Man, you've got some great advice today. Yep. I can tell you got inspired. Yeah. yeah. I love coming here, man. This is this is the highlight of my month, my week, my year. Bro. Every time I come in here, man, I learn something new. Right. I love this Juiced place. up. Juiced yeah. up. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Big, big Mike uh, consistently showing up, man, that's and making right. it happen on our big fucking big visuals. Mike. Thank you, Mike. And uh, you can see, uh, that's Mike Angelo Photography. Yeah. It's an honor to be here, guys. Huh? At Mike Angelo Photography. Correct, sir. Yeah. And also we uh Bionic oh, yeah. Sound Systems, yeah. DJ Services, all that stuff. We got oh, you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. SoCalWiz. At SoCalWiz is Jeffrey. Right. Um, <laughs> King Salmon, what's your Instagram? My Instagram is DragonBags, D-R-A-G-G-N-B-A-G-Z, yeah. DragonBags. Yeah. <laughs> um, Orlando Bowen. Look, man. LLP. <laughs> right for yeah. all your uh, legal needs, That's we uh, wear braids to court. Right, <laughs> Supermax Hardware, uh, <clears throat> getting ready to drop some summer <clears throat> vibes. Rolling papers, vibes drops, and <clears throat> cookies. Visit LA store, San Francisco store, or go online. Right, to cookiessf.com. Right, Soul Assassins, Estevan Oriel at Estevan Oriel, and Sean Lewis. You can reach him at Movemental Media. Media. 
That's right. Uh, yeah, for any that. audio, any music stuff, yeah. any podcast stuff, reach out to him. That's um, right. And uh, I'm going to say hasta la vista. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Oh, no. Oh, oh sorry. www.hardluckshow.com. Okay. Uh, it is true crime mixtape. Okay. Uh, Art of War audio book. Go purchase that. And we are well, working. What? Wait, is Fuck it up the yet? Glitter bitches, man. No. No. Okay. No. Proto episodes. Proto episodes. Proto episodes. Coming as soon as they're up. I don't know. You got to tell me. They're ready. What? But tell me what to do next. I don't. I, dumb road. So what do I do? Just write the copy and put them up. Write the copy. Yeah. All right. Copy coming. This yeah. week. Copy All coming. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Did we get it, Sean? Did we That's get everything? That's it, man. Brand new Air Force. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Fuck one. All right, everybody. Ooh, man. And it's hasta la vista from the Hard Luck Show. Adios. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.